0: You're listening to Legends Cast, a proud member of the Camp Legend podcasting network. This episode is brought to you by listeners like you. To become a supporter of the show, visit patreon.com slash camplegend. Hello and welcome to Legends Cast Season Four, the Starter Set. I am Marco the Lift, and I hail from outside of Pittsburgh, PA. And with me today is my legendary co-host, Dead Broke Nerd, and along with the two of us is the uh, profoundly professional uh, Curry, who's uh, who's here with us, and we'll tell you why he has that name here in a moment. If you're wondering, if you're listening in for the first time, and uh, you hey you don't know who Curry is. That's that's fine. Don't worry. Uh, probably means you haven't listened to AOS Airwaves uh, recently. because I think he's been on there. Uh, and you're also wondering where the heck is Gibbles and Bits? Well, Gibbles and Bits is going to be uh, taking the next couple of weeks off as he has a lot of stuff uh, IRL that he has going on, including some travel and some other celebratory stuff with family. And so he's not going to be joining us over the course of this next month as we look at the Pokemon TCG live uh, client that we've been uh playing recently. And so DBN and I are going to be leading the charge on that. And we're going to be joined by a, a special guest. So Curry's here with us today. Curry's longtime member of our community. And uh, also uh, one of the uh teammates for both uh DBN and Gibby in their Pokemon Unite uh five stack squad that they compete with. And in addition to that, Curry's also current former cur- Curry, current former professional Pokemon TCG player.
1: Oh, I'm washed up.
0: Okay, okay, but but a, 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 a ton of knowledge about Pokemon TCG, and so we're really glad to have him on the show uh, to talk through uh, a lot of our experience with it over the course of this month. But So let's start off. Curry, how you doing today, man?
1: I'm doing good. It is a fantastic Friday, early afternoon here down in Florida, and weather's nice. Nothing bad's happening, and I get to talk to you guys. It's a good time.
0: That's awesome. We love it when nothing's bad is happening and you get to talk to us. We like that as well. So that's that's indeed DVN man. How are you doing today?
2: Uh, Hanging in there, man. Uh, Doing pretty good. It's been busy, but uh, excited to be chatting uh, Pokemon and card games and all sorts of stuff. And we will, uh, you know, actually with uh, it's, it's funny. Gibby was going to be here. And if he was going to be here, I'm certain we would have gotten talking about destiny because he started playing <laughs> Destiny. Uh, but <laughs> uh, but yep. fortunately, the listeners are spared uh, that conversation for at least another month. Uh, but we did it, gang. The update, the Destiny update, we got Gibby to try it out. I've actually played a little bit with him. We've been playing through the Legendary Campaign uh, it's been really fun and also funny because the things that like Mark and I take for granted about Destiny gives like, why the hell does it do that? Like, he's just he's just asking all the questions that maybe we should be asking, too, but we're too sucked in. So anyways, there's the yeah, there's the, the it's a tradition at this point, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, that our show about card games always starts off about a first-person shooter MMO. Uh, and make, yeah, make sure that that gets in there. Well, I have been super sick for like three or four days, uh, and sort of recovered my voice last night in enough time to do a really fun crossover episode that is going to be bridging all three of our shows. So, Legends Cast, Almost Legends and AS Airwaves is going to be releasing the same episode here in the next week or two, which is a Pokemon tabletop RPG uh, one-shot that we did last night with our... uh, almost legends podcast crew Um, and it was super super fun and so uh, we got to each pick a couple of Pokemon and play the part of a trainer and I don't want to spoil anything but it was super fun DBN ran the game for us yeah it was hilarious a lot of laughs and it's a great crossover because it It bridges what we're going into this month, today, literally, uh, for Legends Cast, which is talking about Pokemon. It bridges into AOS Airwaves, which is about Pokemon, and it bridges into Almost Legends, which is a tabletop RPG podcast. And so you're going to get that one shot that's going to come out on this feed, but it also might give you reason to go and check out AOS Airwaves if you are a Pokemon Unite player or you're thinking about playing Pokemon Unite, and it might also give you a chance to go check out. Almost Legends, which is currently in an Avatar The Last Airbender uh, game right now. And I think episode six is coming out here uh, sometime in April. Mm -hmm. And so give you a chance to check out some of the other material that we have on the show. Um, But for today, what we're going to be diving into is the Pokemon TCG Live. Not to be confused with its close counterpart, Pokemon TCG Online, which, to my knowledge, is still downloadable and playable. Although no longer supported. Am I right about that, Curry? Is that. You're going to hear this question a lot. Am I right about that? <laughs> yeah, Curry? there's
2: a lot of questions like that. Yes.
1: Yeah, you are absolutely correct. Um, the Pokemon TCG Online client was the first digital client that Pokemon put out. Uh, it was produced by a third party studio, and they've had that up and running since back when the Heart, Gold, Soul, Silver, or Black and White sets were active when they first started putting code cards into packs and they decided some point within the past couple of years to go ahead and sunset that and marked that the final set would be the somewhat recently released crown Zenith set. And with the introduction of the Scarlet and Violet expansion this week, they were going to fully transition all of their support to TCG live and no longer add new cards to the old client. And like you said, it is still fully accessible You can go on there, play games, there's a trading market for it, and whenever you decide you've had your fill of that, if you want to start there, you can transition that whole account, your entire card collection can come over to the TCG Live client.
0: Yeah, so just I want to make sure that people are aware, because it is actually relatively easy to get confused about that, and I actually don't think that the Pokemon TCG Online client is mobile. Um, I think it is only on the on the computer or is there a mobile version of it as well? I don't.
1: There are people who play on mobile, but you have to like sideload an APK and so it's not accessible on Apple devices.
0: So the answer is you can't go to the app store and download it.
1: (laughs) Correct. Uh, Absolutely. But You
0: can go to the app store and download Pokemon TCG live or you can also go to Pokemon's website and download Pokemon TCG live and play it. Uh, as like its own client on your computer you're not going to be able to go i don't think to steam or anything and be able to download it from there right right You can go get it somewhere else and so we've been playing the live version i would say this is sort of like the equivalent of the difference between like magic gathering online and then magic gathering arena um, which is kind of like i think they both still get support but uh, there there seems to, there seems to be some comparisons that could be drawn between those two, where Magic the Gathering Online was kind of like their first stab into that, and then watching the evolution of digital card games. Um, they came out with Magic the Gathering Arena, which has some sort of like updated economy and card collection, and it's less of a digital implementation of a physical card game and more of a digital card game, very similar. Um, I I don't DBM, I don't think you actually played Pokemon TCG online, did you? No. I did not. Okay. So I did play it a little bit and I basically only played what they called theme decks in that um before I swapped over and began playing uh Pokemon TCG Live a couple of months ago. And this is definitely a substantially more polished version of a game in Pokemon TCG Live than it was in online. Um so all of that to say, we're doing Pokemon TCG live and we're going to be talking through our first impressions as as new players and but i I actually want to ask curry a question first and have him kind of chime in and then dbn and i will really start talking through um like what our first experiences were with everything from how accessible the client is and the tutorials and all of that sort of stuff but curry let me just get your opinion on like, a uh, Pokemon, uh, as a card game played in live versus online, which client do you prefer better? What are, what do you think the, the highlights or the, the downsides are of one or the other?
1: Um, the live client, like you said, is definitely way more polished. I think the animations are snappier. Um, the, As far as gameplay goes, they're relatively similar. You kind of click and drag or tap and drag your cards to put them wherever you would need to put them. It only allows you to put them in appropriate zones. Um, The information, I think, is easier to see on live. I know when you, for example, would look at your opponent's discard pile on TCG Online, you would just see this rolling list of cards that you would have to scroll through, whereas on live you can sort them by their card type. As well as when you go to specific categories, it'll group all copies of a card together and just tell you how many of that card are in the discard pile. So there have definitely been some quality of life improvements going from one to the other. And personally, I don't see a reason to play the TCG online client unless you really want to play with old theme decks.
0: Hmm. Okay, no, that's great. That's great input because I actually have some people from uh, another community that I'm in who prefer the online client, but I think that is specifically because they like to play old theme decks. <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, and that's that's like the main reason that they would boot up the client at all is is to play old theme decks. So DBN, we're going to kick it to you, man. Tell us uh, just initial reaction. You booted up this game really for the very first time what like a week a week and a half ago uh yeah but um, it's maybe two weeks uh I think maybe two, two weeks, weeks ago, ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so tell me about your first impression because you actually have the freshest first impression out of out of the three of us yeah
2: so um whew, it's interesting uh they do a tutorial it's okay um you know i, I so i played pokemon when i was a kid but I never played competitively. I only just played with my dad. It's actually what started my interest in card games. So, you know, a lot of history there. Uh, Boy, is it different? Uh, It really (laughs) is. Um, Yes. Yes. (laughs) uh, But you know what's So what's interesting is my first impressions were actually pretty favorable for a few reasons. First, um, you know, the, the user interface is okay. It's, it's just okay. It has the classic Pokemon slash, you know, um, I, I, if dare I say it, like Asian game problem of too many things all at once, at, you know, in your face. And um, I think there's, you know, again, multiple resources. Mark and I are on the record as not loving that the way that that goes uh having, having no
0: idea what those resources do except a, a pop-up bubble that kind of tells you maybe what they do but not how to get them <laughs> yeah
2: yeah, uh-huh. yeah I- exactly um you know uh, some of the systems in there like you know you, you get the battle pass thrown at you the shop crafting the deck collections you know what starter decks you get all that stuff a little overwhelming fortunately Pokemon Unite is very similar to having all of those <laughs> problems. I've gotten much more <laughs> adept at navigating and oh being God. patient with those systems. Um, and so, you know, overall, it got to the place where I was like, okay, there's a lot that they're trying to squeeze into this, especially from mobile, uh, a lot that they're trying to squeeze into this menu. Um, and I got comfortable with it uh, quickly enough. I think the other sort of very first impression was um, two, I th- two things. One, uh, how generous they are and we, we'll talk a little bit more about that but boy they give you a lot right at the gate to just start playing with and and goofing uh and lots of cool shiny pokemon pokemon you're familiar with um and pokemon that you're like oh wow i get to i get to start playing with with Zashin and you and well actually not Mew, you have to buy that one but i did uh but you know, uh Zacian and Blissey and all these cool Pokemon that you're familiar with. So they do a good job like hooking you in with like, wow, hey, the I recognize these Pokemon. Uh they seem strong. There's some that are stronger than others, but you know, you, you don't just start off with like a classic crappy Hearthstone starter deck. Um, and so you actually get to jump in and immediately play with some cool, powerful cards, which is a nice little feeling. Uh the tutorial was neat and uh easy enough. I think I my major uh, sort of uh jarring first experience uh was simply the uh somewhat like slow rate at like some of the animations and some of like the deck shuffling and seeing things go through. And you know, Pokemon's we'll talk about this. You you do a lot on your turn, lots of actions. Sometimes it just takes a while to click and drag and activate and confirm and doing all this stuff, uh, which can be a little bit cumbersome. But the last thing I'll say from first impressions is I really love Pokemon, guys, and it's really fun to play a card game with Pokemon on the artwork. And the artwork, it was always good, even back in the OG days, but it's it's really good artwork. The cards look cool. Uh, and so from a theme perspective, you know, we have just finished talking about Duelist, and our biggest knock for almost all of us was we could take or leave the theme, we could take or leave the art style, even though the game itself was great and this is like wow immediately oh boy it, i love pokemon play most of the games this is cool this is fun um and so from a first impression standpoint i had a i had a lot of fun in those first like 5 hours or so when i was you know churning through things looking at new systems and just exploring the card game that is pokemon now
0: yeah yeah absolutely and you know my first impression was <laughs> my first interactions with it were really interesting. And I, I'm thinking back because I played on this client within the first 24 to 48 hours that they released live. And I jumped in and it was like, the client, in comparison to what it was with Pokemon TCG Online, um, it was a nice upgrade. In comparison to what I see in other new, newly released digital card games, what I see is, uh, 20 years of game that they're trying to pack into a digital client versus three months of game that they're trying to pack into a digital client, right? And so I think that was one of the things for me that was a little overwhelming at first was like, uh, even though the client was new, there were still pieces of it that were really overwhelming to me because I haven't actually played the card game since 2001. And when I did play the card game in 2001, I did not play it correctly. I actually didn't know how to play it. I didn't know what the energies did or how you got rid of them. And (laughs) and so, like, I had way too many energies in my deck because I thought every time you used a move, you discarded all the energies off your Pokemon. We didn't play with prize cards, like... None of the stuff that you were supposed to do, like most, you know, in 99, when the game came, my first card was a Ponyta, and I will remember forever getting my Ponyta from my buddy uh, who got the first pack of Pokemon cards. He gave me one, and we were in uh, the middle school auditorium at, uh, at Freedom Middle School. And so, like, I say all of that to say that the Pokemon TCG is important to me because it was my introduction to card games. It was my introduction to Pokemon in general, and really um, a great deal of what I ended up falling in love with in gaming culture. Um, There were a handful of games that I played before Pokemon red, um, but honestly not many. Um, And Pokemon red was one of the first games that I got into and actually beat. I think Pokemon red might be the first game I ever completed ever. Um, And that came about because in 1999, I was given my first Pokemon card by my buddy and that became a bonding thing between me and my friends, uh, was card games for most of my life. And so, um, when I logged into this game, I felt like I was trying to catch up from 2021, uh, or yeah, 2021, sorry. Uh, 2001, in many cases, I felt like I was, I was trying to catch up from that, um, there were some things like getting into my first game. I agree, DBN. It was like, okay, this game is generous. Like it sent me a lot of stuff. It gave me all of these cool decks to play with. And I was like, I'm going to play Decidueye because that's one of my favorite Pokemon. Little did I know that wasn't the best deck to start off with because it is actually a slightly more complex and nuanced deck than some of the others to pilot. Um, and so I had a couple of bad first impressions because when I came in, I expected, you know, my 1999 experience which is you play a pokemon i play a pokemon we play an energy it's kind of this like slow back and forth and whenever i played my first couple rounds and passed and my opponent took 25 actions and i was desperately trying to read the cards and then my hand got discarded and i got new cards and i'm trying to read my cards and then i'm running out of time it was a very overwhelming experience as uh, as a returning player to pokemon in general I would say that beyond that, when I logged in for the first time, and we're going to talk about this like interface wise was actually relatively easy, like casual or ranked play. OK, I understand that. Here's my character. I can customize them. OK, that kind of makes sense. There's coins. What else are coins used for? Probably packs. Wrong. Not. Um, I, I, you know, realized pretty quickly there was kind of a card crafting system. OK, don't love that. I prefer wild card systems, but whatever to each their own. Um, I couldn't find the collection screen because there's no collection screen. There's a deck screen and that's how you access your collection. That was very confusing to me for a while. So I actually couldn't figure out what cards were in my collection or if there even was a collection screen in the game for quite a while. But beyond that, like just figuring out how to choose a deck and get into a game was pretty easy. And once I figured out that Pokemon as a game has changed dramatically, as it, you know, I guess it should over the last 20 years or so. um, Once I realized that, I began to understand a little bit more that the deck that I was playing had a lot more to do with understanding the way that I wanted to win versus combating my opponent's way that he wanted to win in a lot of cases. And I had to really begin digging in and understanding my deck that really changed my initial perspective on the game and helped me to understand it a little bit better but i don't know i dbn I, I feel like interface wise it's not flashy but at least how to choose a deck and get into a game isn't confusing either no i mean i, I you know i have i
2: both have high standards but i've also played games with bad systems and usually the mechanics are the thing that's most important to me in the first place there's some awkwardness around like moving cards in and out of your deck on the mobile app and stuff like that not for for what it's worth i haven't downloaded it to my computer yet i've played it only on mobile so far okay so i'm only working off of that experience at the moment um which is ironic because
0: strikingly similar it's very similar actually. well
2: and you know last last month i only you know, we only could play list on the on the computer uh, <laughs> so no they had no mobile app so you know the uh contrast here i'm trying not to be too scathing it's all it's okay it's fine i don't have any major complaints about the the ui or the interface or anything um it, you know does a couple things different than a lot of other games that i've played but you figure it out quickly enough and can get going so yeah no no complaints you know it's interesting you you talked about though your uh expectations going into it um and how like when you first started playing and there's 25 actions in a turn and they play marnie twice and shuffle your hand back and all of (laughs) a sudden now you have to look at your new hand again um The the irony is I watched you for uh, streaming it a couple times and I had that expectation going into it, which I think softened that experience for me, Um, you know, (laughs) uh, because I just sort of half expected it, um, which made it a little bit less jarring. Um, So. I mean, we can we'll talk about mechanics uh, and sort of that sort of stuff um, a bit a bit later, and, and probably most of that will come next episode um in terms of like you know the the actual nitty-gritty of the game and and whatnot but um yeah I, i don't know i mean so so curry as an experienced uh pokemon player i'm sure you have some thoughts on the actual like client and whatnot for um tcg online uh what what is your like as a returning experienced former professional player like what is what do you how do you see the tcg live uh client um. Well, first, I'd
1: say if you if you look at both the mobile and the desktop client, they're basically the same. They're just scaled to different screens. Mm-hmm. The buttons are in slightly different places, but they use the same animations. All the colors are the same. So you can kind of transition from one experience to the other pretty easily. Um, One issue, and I this is for everyone that's on an Apple device, if you're playing on an iPad or a phone, thing will heat up your device like crazy yes, and i would actually recommend playing on a computer because of that um for what i understand android. people with android devices don't have that issue nope.
2: i can confirm
1: yeah like it'll it'll chew through your battery pretty easily i mean over the course of playing one game i i played a game on my phone this morning and i went from 90 to 76 percent on my battery <laughs> one game and that's just something that needs to be optimized hopefully that gets fixed in the future but that's just got to that's a coding issue somewhere. Um that's not a knock on the client itself. It looks pretty. There's a nice illuminated play button in the middle of the screen. You can easily see what your rank is if you're looking at that rank ladder. Um there's a, buttons for everything and it, it the, the confusing thing is when you're playing a game and it tells you you earned these resources at the end of a game and you don't necessarily initially understand what each of the symbols is. Mhm um but you and then you see a bunch of little bars moving and they're all moving different amounts and you don't know what what is this getting me <laughs> yeah, yeah, and all no, of that information it. is not necessarily easily accessible but like you said Mark it's really easy to just jump in and play a game and you can see it it conveys to you okay this is the deck that I've currently selected um the hardest thing like you again said Mark was going back and looking at okay well I want to build a deck with this Card. If you don't have something in mind when you initially start, you have to go to the deck screen instead of just being able to scroll your collection separately. You have to go to the deck screen, say you want to make a deck, and if you decide, okay, well, I don't feel like doing this right now, and you back out, then all of a sudden you have an empty deck slot that's just sitting on your deck page. And I know at one point I had five of those because I didn't realize it was doing that.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that the so deck it's... building, uh, I haven't even bothered trying to build a deck because I don't know enough. And more than that, even just the deck editing is a little awkward at times because, like, if you're looking for something specific, and, and this we've kind of talked about off uh, air, but, you know, there's a lot of, I don't want to say filler cards, but there's a lot of cards that just are not going to be relevant when you're building a deck. And so it's like, you have to they're still taking up space in your collection, they're still taking up space on your screen. And you're like, I just want to find you know, you have to go into this really long drop down of all the different variants and all the different versions right. and stuff if you're trying to look for just something specific. Um, and so uh there is some awkwardness around that, which I would I guess I would complain about. But um both
1: one other yeah, UI thing I like that I'm not a, a huge fan of is when I, I'm both am a fan and not a fan. If you don't realize that you have a variant art of a card, whether that's a reverse holo or if the card has like a gold or secret art or whatever alternate art version, the game stacks all of those together. And so if you don't realize you have that, it will not default to, let's say I wanted to put four Lugia Vs in my deck, Mm -hmm. and I only have three of the regular art, but I have one of the special full art version of it. And I'd say, okay, I want to put four Lugias in. Well, it'll tell me that I put three regular arts and then one regular art that I don't own into my deck. And you have to go through... It took me a while to figure out how do I find this yeah. other artwork because I type in Lugia, it doesn't actually come up right away. And you, there's a separate button when you pull up the, the specific card you're looking at to look at other variants of
2: it. Yeah, that, yep. was, a, that was an annoyance for me because I had the... Uh, I wanted to... I had one deck, which was using I mean, all the decks seems like they use boss's orders. And I went to another deck and it was, uh, it was not Giovanni. And I was like, I want Giovanni yelling at people. I don't want, uh, um, the Dean (laughs) Galactic guy. I can't remember his name right now. Uh, Cyrus. Cyrus. Yeah. I was like, I don't like Cyrus. I want, I want Giovanni to yell at my opponent.
0: (laughs) Give (laughs) me Giovanni back. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Give me Giovanni (laughs) back. You know, how do I do that? And I had a hard time finding that and it's the little things, you know, but, um, I figured it out eventually, but yeah, that, that's a that's a great point to raise. No, I, I
1: mean once yeah. you know it's there, it's pretty convenient to be like, okay, yeah. Well, but nobody
2: told you, <laughs> like nobody exactly, told you how that exactly. works. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. And, and I, I still yeah, don't I kinda, know how the different resources work. Like, I I am hoping that by the end of this episode, you will have enlightened me on how the dumb resources work and how I should spend them because outside of buying the Mew starter deck, I've just been terrified to actually spend any of the resources on anything because I don't know when I'll get them back. <laughs> well i'll tell
1: you right now i have that information for you okay listeners stay tuned
2: (laughs) hang out for the for the remainder of the episode because curry's going to give you the secret sauce on how to craft things and how to buy things and what to spend your money on
0: yeah and before we dive into currency because i do think we need to dive into currency i want to emphasize that too because it is something you need to be careful of like super super careful of because uh whenever i was like making a deck and crafting cards um one of the mistakes that i made is i would see like I didn't make this mistake specifically, but Genesect V is a really important card in the Mew deck, for example. And in my collection, it shows that I have four of them. Well, great. So when I click on it, it shows that I have three available. And I can add three to my deck. And now I can't, I like, it looks, I, as I go to add my fourth, it shows I have one unowned. So now I have to exchange to make my fourth when I'm like, I thought I had a fourth. When I do have a fourth, my fourth is just an alternate art that I had to swap to that art and add it to my deck. So what I had made the mistake of before was I had four of a card, two of one art and two of another. I added four in and it showed that I was missing two. So I actually crafted two of the original art when I had two of a separate art that was sitting in my collection so now i have six of the stupid card four of one art and two of another and i've wasted crafting resources so if it shows a number on your thing that shows how many of that card that you have that aren't yet in your deck just trust that just know that you have an alternate art of it and uh at the section where it says how many you have available is a drop down menu and you can actually select the alternate versions of the artwork of that card that you might own it'll show many show you how many of them that there are and so i think that that is that's important in general because uh i think it's even the difference between like hollows and non-hollows like i have uh this other one where i have one copy that's non-hollow and three copies that are holographic okay great that's good to know um but if i didn't i would have ended up accidentally probably crafting a fourth holographic one uh, which would have been a mistake. And so I think that is a really important thing because I think in like the building a deck and crafting is super overwhelming. And I think part of that is just because of how obscenely large the card pool is. And when you get in and you realize um, this isn't just picking my six favorite Pokemon and throwing in their various evolutions in my deck and then playing it. Like it this is not the game where you come in and just, like, from scratch, you're like, let me go read some cards and make a deck. Like, nope. nope. That's I think that's one of the reasons they give you so many decks right in the beginning of the game. And as of recording this, yesterday was rotation. Was this the first rotation?
1: No, no. They no. do rotations annually. There were, there were, I think there was a one or two year stretch where they didn't do one, but they've been doing rotations since back in the early 2000s. So as of... Like, as you said, Mark, as of recording this, the rotation that just occurred yesterday is for what is called the E block, where if you were looking at a physical card, there would be a little E symbol in the bottom left corner of it. And that includes all the sets from what is called Sword and Shield Battle Styles, which originally introduced Urshifu, for anybody who knows who that is, Mm -hmm. um, all the way up through the just recently released this week Scarlet and Violet set. And typically it'll be. A rotation will include sets from
2: within the past three years.
0: Okay. Okay, so that's that's good to know. So and, a... and
2: the ones with the D mark got rotated out. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah, yeah. So
1: the le- previous rotation was D, D block on. And so that's something that's a card marking system they adopted from Japan. Japan's used it for a long time where they had either letters or numbers indicating these six sets or these three or sure. four sets are a part of a a given block we're going to rotate so you you know ahead of time okay all of these are probably going to rotate
2: together yeah you know that's something i did not know about and i'm not upset about this because it was a, a very fun experience i went to the store a week or two ago uh with my sister she was visiting and we went and bought uh pokemon starter decks for like 15 bucks and played them against each other and it was uh they were bad decks but it was a ton of fun I think that's partly why it was fun was because they were bad decks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but but I come to, came to find out, like, sure enough, those are demarked, and now they're going to rotate out. Um, so I can't use my, what's probably a terrible card, my Rock V that I had a lot of fun with. Can't use that. Darn, I really like Lycanroc. Um So I'm just making aware. Now, is that something that uh, you would know? from like the box on the outside because like one of the things we talked about at the end of the duelist saga as we were introducing that this is what we do is that you can scan in um a code that you get if you buy the physical starter decks or whatever and then get all those cards in the game too and so i tested it it works it was very easy actually yep. uh, which was super cool and i think that's a, that's one of the most unique things about this if i'm being honest um uh, but but is there a way, do you know if there's a way to tell if what you're buying in the store is going to be correct? That, I'm, I'm not positive on that. Okay. And
1: I'll also say with specific package products like theme decks, you will get the exact contents of that deck. But if you buy a, a single booster pack, that code will just get you a digital booster pack, which will still right. have a random assortment of cards. They will oh. not be the same cards from your physical
0: pack. That's oh, good. that's a good to note. Yeah, that's good to note. I 100% did not know that. Um, I haven't bought a booster pack
2: anyways, but...
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm not about to go out and start buying a bunch of booster packs. The the other
1: difference, like physical booster packs, and they just changed this for Scarlet and Violet too. Physical booster packs come with, I think, 12 cards now, which includes um, eight commons and uncommons. I think it's like five commons, three uncommons. Two cards that will at least be reverse holo cards. The second slot on that has a chance to be like one of those special art rares, alternate art mm-hmm. cards that they do for in every set now. And then the back ones, you get a guaranteed hollow in every pack. And then you have, cool. I think, another chance at like a super rare card. Okay. Whereas in the online con client, you will get six cards in a pack now. Okay. Maybe it's seven. I think, I think it's six. I think six I or just seven. opened them early. I think it was six. Okay. Yeah, and you get like three commons and uncommons you get one reverse hollow guaranteed another one has that chance to be a reverse hollow or rarer and then the back card is guaranteed to be a hollow or rarer
0: yeah i did get a a
2: couple like full bleed artwork you know cards when i was opening those packs that they give you at the beginning of the season which was if i'm being honest really fun like, I don't know yeah. if any of those cards are going to be good, but it was really cool to be like, oh, shoot. Like, I just pulled like a, a, a fancy foil Meow and I pulled a full bleed penny, you know, and I'm like, that's really neat. Maybe they're all garbage, but that's really <laughs> neat. And I was like, dang, you know, what was wild is like I had the most fun buying the actual Decks and playing uh, against my sister with them. Um, and just like that was I could get behind that again. And maybe that's just because I'm, I'm in like full withdrawal from in-person like CCGs and TCGs, you know, because as, as soon as COVID hit uh, legend of the five rings, unfortunately had to fold uh, during COVID. And that was like my, Oh, I every week going to the card shop, man. And now, you know, three years removed from that, just the idea of opening packs and getting that new pack smell. Ooh, Mm -hmm. amazing
0: no i think that there is something (laughs) that is really i mean there is a massive 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 difference between i think playing this game at like the top tier sort of power crept combo-y sort of decks or the ones that can counter that type of deck right and the getting the 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 starter decks basically that aren't like the league battle decks right there's like a new yeah. league battle deck that is very similar to like the like the meta mu deck right now um it's basically a shell you have to flesh it out but it's basically that deck right but then you can just go buy you know a deck with charizard on the front of it if you want to and play that deck and you can sit down with a friend and you can each get a starter deck and play against each other and i think that those experiences are very very different Uh, between Mm -hmm. those two things because the game is the same but the game feels like a different game and i only say that because i mean i sat down my my, bought my daughter for christmas the uh it's like the pokemon i don't know like battle starter box It was like 17 bucks it came with an eevee deck uh cinderace deck and a pikachu deck and a couple of mats and a bunch of coins and damage tokens and she loved it she's five and uh and she's Played against me multiple times. I've never beat her, as it turns out, at five years old. (laughs) I do help her, but she has legitimately whooped on me and she does know pretty well how to play now. But that experience and what I've played here on this with the meta decks that they hand you are very different experiences. Yeah. And my question for you guys is: do you think it's actually? I mean, the game is really generous. I logged on with this rotation, and I think I was given seven 60 card decks. And like like, here's seven decks.
2: What was that? And like six packs and a fancy Maridon.
0: Yeah. Like I was just handed a whole bunch of stuff. Like they gave yeah. you so much. Is that good or bad? Cause I'm on the fence. Like, I think it's good that you get all the stuff. The other side of that is like, man, you really are thrown into, I don't even know how to build out my collection or what to do next. Is there really a point in me building out my collection or trying to build my own decks whenever I'm just handed all the good decks already? Like, it's kind of been a weirding... It's been weird for me.
1: I think from my perspective, the answer is yes, it's still worth it to build out your collection. And I also think that these decks are a good idea because it's what attracts a new player to the game. Because you have to give them something to start with. And if you hand somebody your, the an off-the-shelf, like you said, Mark, a Charizard deck, and they go on the ladder and play against somebody who just migrated their full account over from tcg online and is playing a fully built giratina lost zone deck or a Mew deck or something and they beat them in five turns and they did didn't get to do anything and your opponent is doing a million things a turn they're not going to turn the game back on hmm. so i think you need to give that new player a fighting chance to do something and the weird thing is that the game does not have a disenchanting system where you cannot willingly say, okay, I don't want this Maridon EX that you just gave me. I'm going to disenchant it for a quarter of its value or whatever. Now, if you hit the max copies of a card when you're opening packs, you will automatically get, I think it is about a quarter, maybe it's a fifth of whatever that crafting currency is for that card would be, but you cannot choose to do that. Mm -hmm. So them handing you something, it saves you a little bit of credits in the long run, but the problem or the reason that it's a good thing is that you're still looking at, three years worth of cards that are currently legal and you're giving people a start but none of the decks that they hand you are optimized versions of that deck they're missing some key inclusions here and there some numbers need to be adjusted and it just gives you a good base to jump off from and still be able to learn okay well this type of deck works on this maybe this is what i want to explore this is the deck that i want to optimize this is what i want to move move forward from without having to necessarily commit a bunch of resources to something and then discover you don't like it. And what are you, what are you going to do with that now?
0: Yeah. Well, I, I want to, we want to do a, a like a pro segment with Curry on as many of the episodes as he's able to be in over the course of this month. So we do want to leave a little bit of time for that and just have Curry give us like, Hey, from somebody who's a, a, he, I'm I'm just going to keep calling him a, our, our, our resident <laughs> pro uh, Pokemon TCG player. Um, I want him to give us just like, hey, if you're booting up the game for the first time, these are some things that you should know. um, And this is some stuff that you should look into and maybe how you should start. But before we do that, I do want to just touch on the currencies. When you log in, there'll be three of them. You have coins, crystals, and credits. Coins are used specifically uh, and exclusively for cosmetics. As far as I can tell, these are cosmetics for your character, which the number one and biggest complaint and miss in this entire game is that you cannot get a beard for your character yeah so, i
2: was wondering about that
0: absolute bs it's ridiculous
2: um, like i'm sorry do they not have beards in japan like jeez louise not. i like, can't represent on.
0: myself well in this game at all i feel um, personally I, attacked yeah i think like it's racist against white men with beards that's right um, that's right <laughs> that's how i feel we've been
2: uh, we've uh, been attacked enough yeah. throughout history and now <laughs> this uh, co- <laughs>
0: coins coins is one of the few (laughs) currencies that you can just go get more of um with crystals you can use crystals however to buy pre-made decks to buy packs and to buy the battle pass fyi do not go spend all your crystals on packs because you will then not be able to buy the battle pass um i'll explain that a little bit later and then the last one is credits and these are the equivalent of dust and hearthstone This is what you're going to use to craft cards. This is how you're going to get more copies of cards or your first copies of cards is through credits. Something to be known about this game. You cannot spend any money in client. Cannot do it. So if you run out of crystals, you cannot go buy more crystals with real money. Impossible to do. There is no way to get crystals except through the battle pass and daily quests. So if you spend all your crystals on packs and not on the battle pass, you're going to have a hard time getting enough crystals to buy the next battle pass. That being said, the battle pass is extremely generous. And if you get the first battle pass, you will be able to gain more than enough crystals to get the next battle pass and the next battle pass and the next battle pass. So you don't actually need to spend money on the game. However, if you want to build out your collection faster than the game is just handing you, the only way to do that is to go to either physical cards and buy them and then redeem those packs in the client or to go to third party websites, which sell those pack codes. And you can buy those in bulk, which DBN, I don't think you've done that. Correct.
2: I have not spent anything. I'm ready and willing to to throw all of my money at whatever Curry tells me to buy. That's what's going to happen here. I've got my phone (laughs) and I'm ready to (laughs) click process transaction.
0: So I did go and spend real money. I went to a third party site and I bought 50 pack codes and the Mew Deck uh, code, and I think I spent 20 bucks on that. So if you think that's ridiculously inexpensive for a game, Um, if that's if you're somebody who wants to spend physical money on a game, it's actually it's it's a workaround and it's kind of annoying, but it is ridiculously cheap to buy packs for this game if you want to go buy the physical pack code. Can
2: I just can I just uh, throw something out there, Mark? I'm not mean to call you out. I'm just genuinely interested in what your mindset is because I think you have a very interesting way of thinking about these things. You didn't spend a cent on Duelist. And you go, no. you could spend the money in the client. And yet for Pokemon, you were willing to go out of client to spend 20 bucks on it. Can you explain like the, the value add here? And like, what, what in your brain, I'm I'm not I'm genuinely not calling you out on anything. I'm just like, what's sure. the difference here? Like what, what makes it more
0: appealing? So I think there's two things. One of them was, um, I felt like in Pokemon, the, the card pool was so much larger that, um, I did not. It was just massive, and so I felt a lot further behind, and I wanted to have, for the show, a genuine attempt to make an honest opinion about playing a meta deck. And I didn't feel like that was going to be possible unless I got some essence to be able to craft some things. And so I I bought packs. The other thing was is I wouldn't have mind throwing money at Duelist, and I actually would have thrown money at Duelist if they would have let their welcome pack be within their, their money margin. That actually ruined me purchasing their intro pack. Um, and I think I would have spent money on on Duelist if it wasn't for that. And I know that I spent more money here, um, but it felt like the value was nutty. And maybe it's not. Maybe it's just a figment of my imagination. But for 20 or for 50 packs of cards and a starter deck to spend 20 bucks on that is. is kind of crazy. I mean, in any other digital card game, you know, for Hearthstone, that was 100 bucks. That was 100 bills I would have thrown plus some. Um to be able to get that in here it was twenty dollars, so i think there was a there was a couple of things that went into that, and i think the other side of that d b n is i p wise you know i'm an IP guy, i p guy and do, i'm just yeah. genuinely more driven by the i p of Pokemon and wanted to crack Pokemon packs more than i wanted to slide orbs of uh you know pixelated <laughs> stuff in duelist i just hey, i hear you i yeah. just
2: i just was like in i just wanted to to no it was a great question, yeah, like to understand that i mean i i haven't spent any real money on either game. <laughs> the only exception being the actual started I, I got, but I got something physical for that. You know what I mean? And I had fun Very just, yeah. I didn't have to plug the code in. That was just a fun, interesting aftersight. you know, but, and I don't think I will plug any real money into, uh, you know, the, the TCG just digital live. assets to the, yeah. the just. Yeah. Um, so, you know, but it's just, it's interesting. I think it's also the psychology of it is different, which I mean, we all know that that's kind of how these microtransactions work is, you know, who can successfully play the the human brain. <laughs> um, so it's just interesting. Yeah. Uh, it's
0: interesting, too, that like Pokemon almost tried to stay away from like the predatory microtransaction world and third party sites just uh, it made it anyway. Right. Go. <laughs> oh, right. You didn't want to put microtransactions in your game. How about we start an entire business where we make a microtransaction for you? Yeah. Um, and, well, and I think
1: I think Pokemon did that intentionally because they want to drive those sales toward physical cards.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: And that's, that, that's their entire point. And then the, the third-party sites that sell the codes typically are full-blown card stores that are also selling singles. So they're cracking these packs and have the code cards laying around
0: mm-hmm.
1: from generating a stock of cards that to sell sense. to people yeah. for the physical game.
0: Yep, and then they're selling them for instead of four bucks a pack, you're selling them for thirty cents a pack or twenty cents yeah, a pack, or,
1: and a lot of a lot of cases it's cheaper. I mean, like the most recent set right now is probably around like forty fifty cents a pack. But if you go back, even the second most recently released set, which is Silver Tempest, which featured Lugia V Star, which was kind of the undisputed best card in the format for that entire format, you can buy fifty packs of that set right now for eight dollars and fifty cents.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's like it's like hard to not throw eight bucks at it, right? And you're like, okay, right. I want to crack fifty bucks. Let's throw eight bucks at it. The annoying part is actually redeeming all fifty codes, yes, because you can only redeem ten at a time, <laughs> and it's super annoying. Um, okay. Well, listen, we talked about our first experiences, initial things. I think some positive and some negative. I think overall, as we looked at Marvel Snap and Inscription and Duelist, we've been overwhelmingly positive about all the games we have played. I think this episode as a whole has been like, yeah, this is worth checking out, especially if you enjoy Pokemon. Mm -hmm. Um, We'll have, I think, more critiques as we dive into like meta and actual gameplay in future episodes. But Curry, I think we would love to get from your opinion, as somebody who's maybe booting this game up for the first time, they have a little bit of currency to spend. Um, Maybe they do want to throw, you know, 15 or 20 bucks at the game because they're willing to do that. What are your suggestions or things that somebody who's new should know so they don't make the same mistakes that I did when I first joined in?
1: Um, so the first thing you were dead on, the battle pass is a great deal if you want to progress your collection. It costs you 600 gems to purchase or crystals to purchase the premium battle pass, and over the course of the battle pass, it pays for itself. So, like Mark said, you get the currency back to go through and purchase the next battle pass, essentially free of charge. There are two different types of daily quests, one of which just provides you battle pass experience, the other one provides you battle pass experience and 60 gems daily. Um, uh, Between completing both of them, you will more than likely gain a tier on your battle pass. Hmm. Just between the game-based experience plus the experience that those two quests provide you, so you should expect to complete at least a full tier per day and that typically only requires you to play like three games so you don't have to put a ton of time into it how many how many Um, tiers is there just for the audience like i believe it is either 50 or 60
0: there's 50 tiers so across so so you
2: play daily across two months you'll complete it how long do these battle passes typically run
0: nine Um, weeks five
1: yeah normally it's it's about three months which is like the the life cycle of a set Mm -hmm. so it'll run from now the release of the scarlet violet expansion up through the release of the next expansion
0: so gotcha. this one literally the premium pass right now is nine weeks, five days left, so it was ten weeks, so mm-hmm. if you played every day in fifty days, you would complete the whole thing we right. too much. and problem.
1: it's worth it's worth noting like the tier one pass that you receive for or tier one reward you get for the premium pass this uh, this time provides you with an entire guard of r e x deck
0: wow yes, which
1: is another that is a going. It's already been shown with like the meta game since Japan gets all of these cards like two, three months in advance of the rest of the world. Gardevoir EX is probably one of the top meta decks in the game, and they essentially give you a skeleton for it for free.
2: Why am I not surprised it's Gardevoir that's the broken thing? <laughs> <laughs>
1: um Aside from that, the the big thing, like I kind of mentioned earlier, the decks that they provide you for free just from booting the game up are kind of skeletons for things. One of the ones that they provide you is a Lost Zone-based deck that features Giratina, V-Star, as well as some other Pokemon Unite fan-favorite Pokemon, such as Sableye, Cramorant, and <laughs> Um, And that deck is actually very close to being kind of an optimized list. I think I have a video that I can link whenever we release the episode that shows a at least decent way of upgrading the deck to being tournament-viable and it costs you a total of 3,000 credits to do so. Wow. Okay. Which is pretty cheap considering... um...
0: Well, considering the first level on the premium pass, like level zero on the premium pass, the moment you buy it, it gives you 1,500 credits and that Guadavar deck. So, uh, oh, and then you get 1,250 for the level zero without purchasing it because the level zero of the pass gives you a 60-card deck, seven packs, 1,250 credits and then the paid gives you another 60 card deck with another 1500 credits so you're literally 250 credits away from finishing that deck to top tier just through what you're saying right. correct yeah
1: and i believe that you actually get you get some credits for completing the tutorial as well i don't remember what the value on that is but i think you get at maybe 1500 or 2000 for that as well can i ask so, a
2: a maybe dumb question <clears throat> sure uh on the Giratina v which i'm looking at on my phone right now uh what the heck Mm -hmm. is the symbol in the top right corner because i don't think that's a standard energy type is it that is the dragon type which is
1: not a standard energy type um some dragon pokemon have this typing typically like the hallmarks of it are just that it has no weakness and it typically uses more than one energy type to attack gotcha very interesting they kind of phase that type in and out of the game and have done so over the years since it was initially introduced. There has never been a basic dragon energy, though. Um, Thank you for that. (laughs) Yeah, no worries. No worries. The other thing is, if you're going to be spending your gems to purchase things in the game shop, the first things that you would be interested in doing are either purchasing the six-pack bundles of the Celebrations set, which will provide you with some crafting materials, as well as six-packs of that set, And like I said before, when you've reached the maximum inclusion number of a card for a deck, which is four, so once you have four copies of every card in that set, every card you receive over that is crafting material for whatever you want it to be. And this is kind of the workaround for the fact that, like DBN said, a lot of these sets have some commons and uncommons of cards that aren't necessarily very good or have extremely niche use that you may not want because it may not be what you want to go for. So if you're looking to build up crafting resources to build the exact deck that you want to. The Celebration Bundles will give you these packs that have exclusively hollow or higher rarity cards, so you get a higher return on investment for spending resources on that. Um, another option the slightly more expensive, I guess I should go back and say that Celebration's bundle is 1,120 gems. And on average, once you have completed the set, you'll be getting about 5,000 gems credits in return for purchasing that bundle. Hmm. Okay. Um the the other option that you'll get a little you'll get your returns a little bit more quickly would be purchasing the Shadow Rider Calyrex League Battle Deck in the shop which is 1250 crystals. Uh the first two copies will just give you a max quantity of all of the cards in the deck and from your third and further purchase you will get a guaranteed 4150 credits every single time.
0: Look at this that min maxing. And... I love this min-maxing. Here we go.
1: It lets you turn around and craft whatever you want to. So when you're looking at, like, commons are 40 credits each. Uncommons are 100 credits each. Regular rares are 400 credits. Hollow rares are 425. Radiant, or the new EX Pokemon from the Scarlet and Violet set, are 600. V Pokemon from the Sword and Shield base sets are 750. V Max and V Star. Pokemon or 1,025. And then when you want to start blinging out your deck and you get either full art or gold slash secret rare cards, those are 1,250 or 2,000 credits. And that's just kind of, you know, I've got everything that I want and I just want to make this deck that I really enjoy look as pretty as possible. Sure. Um, other than that, I think if you are interested in purchasing code cards, um, the website that I personally would recommend is potownstore.com po p o town store.com and there are a couple of different youtube uh, personalities that you can look up that have discount codes for that website as well they think they get you either 10 or 20 percent off so that like 8 eight fifty for 50 silver tempest packs knock a couple dollars off of it make it even cheaper yep um but the, the big thing is just it you're for the most part, better off crafting cards to make the deck that you want to, rather than trying to pull it out of packs. And you'll get, if you really are itching to open packs, at least, you kind of get that fill from the free packs you get on the battle pass. Hmm. I think. I think, that, I mean, they give you several dozen packs over the course of the pass. It's it's pretty generous in that
0: regard. Well, yeah, but- yeah. No, they definitely do. I mean, I, even like the very beginning of the battle pass, I think you get Something like it's funny, I'm like scrolling through the store and just found the Lycan Rock V deck. Uh the- <laughs> from <laughs> February 2022, yeah. uh, that that DBN was liking, and the even funnier thing is, like, I'm on the video, so I can see as DBN is just making purchases with his crystals from just scrolling, uh, <laughs> yeah, on screen, looking at stuff. Like, okay, what do I need to? What do I need to get my hands on? Need by next? Um, you know, in future episodes, guys, there's going to be a lot of opportunity for us to hopefully pick Curry's brain a little bit more, and also talk a little bit more in depth about the meta and like what decks are at the top and what are overall. Experience Experiences are and actually are playing talk- the game <laughs>
2: like what yeah, you're supposed yeah. to yeah. do when you play the game
0: <laughs> yes that that we are because we didn't even get into conversations around card types you know, between energies and items uh, and trainers and pokemon and uh all of these different things and why pokemon v or basic pokemon and no one will explain that to me um and uh <laughs> i don't have an
1: answer for that either, yeah so. <laughs> yeah
0: that makes no sense to this guy okay Raichu v where's your pikachu at uh, I know you needed a thunderstone. Don't you, you're breaking my lore here, you're breaking <laughs> my immersion. Right. It's the um, immersion
2: that's the most important part,
0: yeah. And then, why randomly do we put the word radiant in front of a Charizard and suddenly he could get on the board as well? I don't, you know, I, it's confusing to me. <laughs> um, so we'll, we'll talk about some of that stuff, some of the stuff that's been confusing and inconsistencies, and hopefully, curry can straighten us all out and tell us exactly where to go and what to do. Um, through the process, if you are checking out the Pokemon TCG live, be sure to let us know over in the discord and there's is a link to that in the description of this episode so uh grab that link and come over and join us let us know what you're enjoying and what you're like playing i would say this uh i mean it seems like a really good time to download the game because of all of the decks that you're literally like i think if you download the game now and if they give you enough crystals after tutorial to buy the pass like i think you'd be sitting on like seven to nine decks because of the first level in the battle pass like level zero in the battle pass and the decks that they give you um, it's not a bad time to jump in, I, I would think. Are you guys in agreement nope. with that?
2: It's great. Absolutely. Lots of free stuff. Yeah. My favorite price.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Lots of free stuff. And yeah. so, like, whether you end up loving the game or not loving the game, whether you like it or you don't like it, it's not a bad time just to jump in and download it and play some games because it, it's not going to cost you anything. And you're going to get a chance to play some of the top metadecks or at least shells of the top meta decks in the game right now and see if you like it or not. So it's, it's a really, uh, it's a really low barrier to entry. And I think that is one of the things that this game does phenomenally well.
2: Yeah. Uh, And I I will, I will say this too. So um, we are going to next episode, get into, you know, sort of our, our in-depth review of the game mechanics and, you know, what it's like to actually play the game on a consistent basis and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I don't want to bury the lead here or or anything like that. We're going to have some some thoughts and preferences that are going to come out in that next episode. But. This is a game that will be perfect for certain types of card game players. There are, there are, and I know some of them and that I'm, I know that this will just click and they will adore this. And the good news is, is for the types of players that are going to get really into this game and the, and the specific style of a card game, this is that other card games share the the barrier to entry being so small is going to be incredible for those types of gamers trying this out. So, you know, we'll talk about that. You know, is this for Mark and I, uh, what is, what can Curry do to shed some light on this uh, for us? uh it help us understand these systems which uh, some of them are kind of complex um but either way we'll get into that next episode but for now let me just say if you're playing along with us like we know we've got some listeners that play along through Duelist and inscription with us um you know give this a fair shake because it may just be that this is a perfect game for you um and we're we're excited to hear what you think about it as you go through it with us
0: absolutely curry any final things or Thoughts you want to make sure you throw out there to new players before we uh, close off the episode?
1: Um, no, I think that a lot of it, like saving things for discussion about the game itself, that's better safe for another episode. So I would just say thanks to you and DBN for letting me come on and talk to you guys. Yeah, man. I think that, um, yeah, the game may not necessarily be for everyone. I know that not every game is for everyone. And there are a lot of games that I know, aren't for that many people at all there are some very niche games out there i think that one thing that i can bring up at a later time is there are alternate ways to play the game or alternate formats some of which have been fan made that have actually gotten footing and a recognition from the pokemon company that may make the game fit for someone even if the standard format does not necessarily do so
0: yeah, and we're actually going to have an episode where we talk about that because from my other community, several people there only play, like, the League version. I can't remember what it is,
1: yeah. but it's... The GLC format? Yes,
0: yeah, and yeah. it's, it's like, the equivalent of Magic's Commander format, um, mm-hmm. only for Pokemon, and I knew that it is actually, like... It it get it gets some recognition, not just by you know a bunch of casual players, but it's becoming more and more of a legitimized format to actually play the game, um, and uh, we're actually excited to try to use and see if we can use this client to to play that format some together uh because i think i think that would be really fun yeah one thing Um, yeah sounds great
2: yeah one thing we want to do too that i'm just throwing out there i haven't talked about this with mark but i think we should do it is is to actually do something we haven't done yet but but i want to do which is jump in and play against each other a little bit uh and and set up some times for for mark and i and curry to whoop us uh but to actually try like some friend challenges and and maybe mark you know can can stream a little bit of it or something like that but just to really like um explore that that uh across each other from at a table uh experience a little bit and i I definitely would like to have done that with duelist and so i'm definitely hoping that we get some time to do that this month with pokemon
0: absolutely absolutely well guys that's going to do it for this episode of legends cast thank you curry for coming on DBN, of course Thanks for being here. We appreciate you guys, and uh, if you're listening in, join us on Discord. Consider supporting us over on Patreon, Patreon.com/slash so Camp Legend. Link for that is also in the description of this episode. Thank you guys for listening in to this episode of Legends Cast, and be sure to come back again next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of Legends Cast. You can join our podcast community by joining Discord using the link in the description of this episode. You can become a supporter of the show by visiting Patreon.com/slash Camp Legend, and don't forget to check out all of the other shows in the Camp Legend podcast network.